Hello and welcome back to the Other Wordly Podcast. I am your host, Pete, aka Palm Wondrous. Today is episode 30, and we are going to continue to investigate time. And so, before we get started, the letters of our words are symbols, casting spells that influence how we experience our reality, and their sounds create resonant frequencies, inspiring thoughts in those who hear it. Point being, our words mean something. To begin, I'm going to just recap what we discussed in the previous two episodes. And so here, as you can see on the screen, we have that depiction of the equinox and the solstice. And I've actually added the arrows just showing you that direction, that clockwise turning of our perception of time. And interestingly, you can see what is very much resembling that swastika, which we've all been conditioned to associate with the Nazi regime and associate with evil, with a negative presence. But I think most of those who have dug into symbology and esoteric knowledge and and text know that this symbol was actually renowned in ancient times. And so moving on, we then discussed the different segments of time, the different cosmic wheels, and how that might be analogous to the different size sections within a book, within a narrative. And so to begin, we have that full story, that full narrative, which we would perceive as a book, which would coincide with an eon. And in the middle, I have just written out the idea of like an operating system file and the different versioning that exists. And so for this example, I have it, the Earth OS version 5. And that version 5 is associated with that new narrative, that full new story that's going to be implemented. Next, we have chapter as it associates with century, and that might be just an update to version 5, and so maybe version 5.5. We then move on to page as it might relate to the year, paragraph as it relates to month, and finally sentence as it correlates with day. And that just might be analogous to a patch. It's a small little minor update that doesn't even really affect the overall perception of the system. And so today, just to add to this conversation, I want to discuss a few words that we associate with our perception of time and a few things that are time-related and dig into their letter symbols to see if they're, again, communicating this deeper knowing, this deeper wisdom. And so I'm going to start with space-time. And you can see the symbol behind it. That's actually the symbol we know as a sun cross. I refer to it as the game board. It's depicting what we would perceive as the earthly plane, the physicality. And so looking at space-time, the word, space is S-P-A-C-E. S is vibration or sine wave. P is to perceive. A is not. C is to see. E is energy. And then we have time, T-I-M-E. T is vessel or game. I is incarnation. M is mental. E is energy. And so bringing it all together... The physical manifestation of consciousness into a form that we can sense and experience. And that's essentially what space-time is. What's interesting, too, is when you look at just the word time, I actually break it up to just the T-I and then the M-E. Now, the M-E is me. We know that as me. And all the me is is mental energy versus my mental choice or decisions or I, your incarnation, And so these words that we often associate with our own identity, but the T-I, tie, tie me. Tying you to what? It's tethering you to the material plane. 
tethering you to a vessel, to a physical form. And the you that it's tethering is your mental energy, your consciousness. And so it's right there in the word time, which I found very interesting. But moving on to our next word, here we have quantum. It's spelled Q-U-A-N-T-U-M. So Q is quantify or count. U is both U, singular, and plural. A is not. N is normalized. T is vessel or game. U is U, again, both singular and plural. And M is mental. And so I've mentioned this before, that the Q is always followed by the U, because the U is the only thing worth counting, worth quantifying. And then the A and T, the ant, that's the not normalized vessel or game. So... I think in this case, it's referring to how many people have untethered, how many people are starting to think for themselves, who are starting to reconnect with their higher self, with their true self. And then UM, your mind, your mental. And so bringing this word all together, potentiality becomes actuality by counting the mental votes of those currently incarnated. And so when you hear physicists talk about quantum that we live in a quantum reality. And there's ideas like string theory that suggests that there's 10 dimensions that we are interacting with. And then you have this rift between Newtonian physics, which is basing all of its knowledge on the physicality, on the effects instead of the cause. And from my standpoint, my current level of consciousness, I agree with quantum physics. We do live in a quantum reality. And the reason it's referred to as quantum is because it's always calculating. We are in the process of creating our reality, creating that which we experience in every moment. And that creation is based upon our thoughts, beliefs, actions. And so the analogy I often give, or I've given in the past rather, just to try to help myself visualize and understand this concept, is the idea of a Google document. So imagine a, a program like Draw like Google Draw. And now imagine you could have multiple people interacting with that single canvas all at once. And so when it's just me interacting with that canvas, I can draw whatever I want. There's nobody there to question it. And let's just say I share that canvas with a friend and they come in and they start drawing. And when it's just the two of us, we can split up that canvas and do our own thing without much issue. And if we ever do want to interact, we can probably come to a conclusion on what we want to create relatively easily. And then we both invite other friends, and those friends invite friends. As you continue to play out that scenario, we're eventually going to get to a point where we're not achieving anything because every time somebody creates something, they might be impeding on somebody else's creation, and so that person erases it. And so we'd have to come to some sort of agreement upon a system for which things will then manifest. And that's exactly what the idea of thought forms are. This idea of the egregores or the idea of the matrix. All it is is an, a governing operating system that takes all of our thoughts and ideas, computes them to the majority vote, and then takes that majority vote and manifests that into our reality to experience. The problem is that none of us have been told this. None of us have known about this. And so we take for granted our reality, the physicality, as it being all that is. And that we're just an episode of consciousness that incarnate in here to experience it. And when we die, we're done. That we're not an active player or creator within this. And from my viewpoint, that's completely wrong. 
We are active participants. We are consciously creating and co-creating this experience. And once we all start to realize that and realize the effect that our mind has on our matter, that's when we can start to really make some positive changes in this world. And so moving on, we now have the word tradition. Tradition is spelled T-R-A-D-I-T-I-O-N. T is vessel or game, R is reflect or return, A is not, D is dimension, I is incarnation, T is vessel or game, I again is incarnation, O is full or complete, N is normalize. And so bringing this word all together, a state in which the minds of those incarnated are in full normalization with the matrix. And again, the matrix is just that largest thought form, the most powerful thought form, the one that has the most nodes of consciousness tethered to it. So in other words, the one that most people believe in. And a tradition becomes a tradition because it has the most people believing it to be something important. So you have all of these people, all of these nodes of consciousness, all emulating the exact same or very similar behaviors. And I think what's interesting about this, and I've, as a person that very much enjoys the holiday spirit, I had to question myself on this one. But where I am from a viewpoint is now thinking that traditions are actually detrimental to us or have the potential to be. Because what they end up doing is causing us to look backward, to focus on past. And all the past is, is previous episodes of experience. And so by looking to the past, you're actually getting lost even further in the illusion because you're no longer experiencing the now moment. And worse, traditions, like any habit, anything you do routinely, gets imprinted at the subconscious level. And the subconscious mind is excellent at efficiency. So anything you do routinely, your subconscious mind will take it over. And we see this in our everyday experience. Things like brushing your teeth or maybe eating breakfast if you eat the same thing every day or have the same habits or behaviors every morning. You might get to work or wherever you were going and question yourself as, did I eat breakfast? Did I brush my teeth? You did, but your conscious mind wasn't involved in that process. Your subconscious took it over. And the reason the subconscious does this is so that it frees your mind up to do things that are more important. And the best analogy that I've been able to come up with for this dichotomy between the conscious and subconscious mind and the reasons for which the subconscious exists and why it's important and why it's tethered to your ego, your ego essentially is that auxiliary operating system or subsystem that ties to your subconscious and helps your vessel, your physicality, the machine run. And so imagine you're playing a video game. And you're, you'll say a game like, I don't know, Call of Duty. Now imagine you had all these extra buttons on that remote, that controller, that you had to operate the breathing, the blood flow, all of these things that your body does autonomously, you now had to execute actively for this character. That would become so cumbersome, you would no longer be able to enjoy the game, the reasons for which you were playing the game in the first place. And that's exactly what the subconscious does for us. It takes care of all of these subsystems. It draws all of this information in from that collective layer, the collective field, 
and helps us not only get acclimated to our new incarnation, but also gets the vessel ready for our conscious mind to come in and take over the driver's seat. The problem is, is that most people get into all of these routines. You have your, your job, your nine to five, all of these things we do so routinely that we've sunk in ourselves into that subconscious. We've given over the, the keys and the, the steering wheel to the ego, which operates your subconscious. And most people in this reality right now have associated their identity with their ego, with their subconscious character, and have not reconnected with their higher self, with that conscious mind. And so it's really interesting when you start to put these things together, it all starts to make sense. Why it is our reality is the way it is right now. Because we've fallen, we've devolved, we've degenerated. And that's just a product of the cycles of time, the ebbs and flows. And I'll be discussing those concepts with a little bit more depth in the coming episodes. So next we have season. S-E-A-S-O-N. S is vibration or sine wave. E-A is power. S is vibration or sine wave. O is full or complete. N is normalize. And so the vibrational power to bring karmic balance to the energy expressed in our reality. That's what the seasons are. The balancing of our reality from a vibrational energetic standpoint. This might be why we have some really hot summers and then really cold winters. And they might be followed by really mild summer and a really mild winter. The more extreme you have on one end, the more extreme the other end has to be to compensate for it. Unless there's a transmutation of energy. And that's a whole nother subject that I'm not going to dive into right now. Otherwise, this episode will be incredibly long. But I'm just going to end it there with season. I think it's pretty straightforward. And lastly, we have history. H-I-S-T-O-R-Y. H is heightened. I is incarnation. S is vibration or sine wave. T is vessel or game. O is full or complete. R is reflect or return. And Y is choice or decision. And so really this word I interpret as the full reflection of the decisions made by the higher self while incarnated. And so I referenced before that in the optimal position, your higher self is the driver of these experiences. And it's your connection to consciousness, to that mental plane. And we, as we discussed in the past, mind over matter, everything starts within the mind and then gets reflected in the matter. Our thoughts become our reality. All our history is, is previous episodes of that cycle. And so it might be minimally beneficial to look backward and to try to understand who we are, why we're here, and maybe pick up on some of the clues that were left by previous game participants. But if you get caught up too much with that, then all you're going to do is cause it to repeat. And we hear this line, history repeats itself. Why does it do that? Well, one, you have the ebbs and flows of consciousness, the cycles of time. The Hindus refer to the yugas. Time is cyclical, not linear. But two, as I've suggested in previous explanations of words, if we focus on the past and our thoughts and beliefs are the result of the attention we've given to the past, all we're doing is causing those ideas to re-manifest into our reality for us to again experience. 
it really makes a lot of sense when you start to understand how this reality works and how your mind is a powerful player in this experience and how it is that we as an individual affect our own reality as an expression of our thoughts and beliefs, but we also do it collectively. And so I'll end it there. If you found this content to be of value and would like to help support future episodes, please consider joining me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash palmwondrous. And until next time, know what you stand for and know what your words stand for. (laughs) 